It's time. It's time. Phil, it's time for the complete inbox pod. Pop, 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 podcast. Let me repeat that. Podcast. You ready, Phil? I am ready. I appreciate it. a good use of beatboxing. I've always felt that uh, we could have put that to good use. So I'm glad you read my beat, mind beat, on that. Beat, 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 beat. Beep, 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 go bass side. That's about as beatboxy as I get. <laughs> My it's Zach Morris beatbox. Zach Morris is trash. So I've. So oh, I've heard... dude, I love the Zach Morris is trash yeah. stuff on Facebook. That They're... stuff rules. It's excellent. <laughs> that's really good shit. <laughs> Zach Morris causes a uh, fat shames a girl. Like, that's like the best, dude. Uh, I, my favorite one is when he's at the mall. And he's learning about homeless people, and he's really rude to that oh, girl. Yeah. Oh, and you find out she's the daughter of the homeless guy. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, what oh, a fucking – that show, dude. That, I don't know who wrote that show, but I think it involved – you had to at least be 45 years old, and you also at least had to have a serious cocaine addiction. I feel like if you oh, met – no doubt. If you could tick both of those boxes and weren't already writing for Elf, then you were welcome aboard on writing for <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Hey, Rich, how are you, you doing, know, man? funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing pretty good, dude. I'm doing really good. It's been, what, like 20 days? It's been I mean, it's We're been like three bare naked lady songs. You know, it's been like, <laughs> it's been three weeks since we talked video games. What are we going to do now, Phil? Uh, so that's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good minute. Uh, it has been. But, uh, so things have been happening, man. Lots of things going on in the world, in my life. Let's see. <laughs> uh, last weekend. Went camping for the first time in my life, dude. I went camping. Oh wow! You sure picked like a slept outside. Oh, go ahead, sir. I said I slept outside. Oh, slept outside, dude. How hot was it? Yes, Uh, it was hot to quite hot. You gotta try this Um, stuff when it's not quite hot to quite hot. It's actually excellent when it's like 60s, 70s. So I had been watching the weather for like two to three weeks prior to this, <laughs> grumbling because I knew it was going to be hot. Yeah, I've of course, been the same boat. you know, Ellen loves camping, but also her thermostat in her body runs about 45 degrees. So when she's outside and it's 904, she's into it, right? So this is oh. not a thing for her. She's all like, yeah, let's go camping. And I'm like, the entire time, I'm just like complaining so Dude. hard that we have to go camping. Preaching the choir like, here. I will pay you. I will pay you a hundred dollars if we don't go camping. That's how bad <laughs> I don't want to go camping. Um, yep. But she was really good about it. She knows that I will melt in the heat, so she actually went and bought me a battery powered fan, <laughs> uh, and also bought. We she also bought these necklace fans uh, that you can just like wear around your neck. And if you're friends with me on Facebook, you will see a recent post of me. Uh, where I'm literally dying in my chair with a neck fan on. Uh, so I'm pretty sure hot. that's how the, the pioneers did it. So um, that's really cool. That you're going <laughs> back to the, to the natural. Yeah, I definitely, it was definitely my dances with wolves moment for sure. <laughs> um, dances with wolves moment. <laughs> Everybody's got to have the one. only time everybody has to have one. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was, it was cool. I actually wasn't as bad Friday night when we got out there. Um, we our campsite was in the shade, so it already cooled down quite a bit. And the nighttime was great; the windows were open. It was cool. Saturday night or Saturday day was really hot. We went hiking though, and it wasn't that bad because again, most of our campsite spent most of the day throughout in the shade throughout. 
Um, but then it started to rain a little bit, and so we had to put the rain flap up, which covers the windows. Uh, and so the nighttime was a little steamy. It was like a sauna in the tent. Ugh. Um, so that was a little rough. But I actually enjoyed myself. I didn't complain a whole lot up until we got home, and I was like, you just about killed me. But uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next time we go where maybe it's uh, a little less hot. So I told Ellen, I was like, the next time we go camping, I want to have to wear a hoodie. Like, that's what I want to do. So, Yep. I think uh, you can find basically not July. Uh, if you could shoot for May to June <laughs> or even uh, some September in there. Uh, yeah. I, as somebody who never even – I never camped as a kid. Like, uh, my, my folks were not outdoorsy. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it, the most camping that was done as a kid was probably, like, sleeping bags and on porches or something. You know what I mean? Like – the most the most in town possible way to pretend you are out to nature. So yeah, absolutely. I've had some. We've got a nice tent now, and you just kind of start piecing together some good equipment. Especially like I feel like the better the equipment gets, the less it feels like camping. But at the same time, because let's be real, sleeping on dirt sucks. It's the more the easier it gets to camp. You start yeah. getting like a really good uh, air mattress that doesn't lose air in the middle of the night. And you're like, oh, I can do this yep. camp at any time you want. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Dude, when we were rocking a raised queen size air mattress, I'm like Tom Haverford <laughs> right. in Parks and Rec when they go camping. Like, I've yeah. got Sky Mall, like, I'm running power. I, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. So, it, my camping experience is what Ellen uh, told me is called car camping, where you just go to the campsite. There's a shower, like, <laughs> steps away. You know what I mean? It's, it's literally nothing. But uh, I did sleep outdoors. So, to me, that is A1 camping. Yep, that's all it needs. That's all it was required is to be yeah. not in a not into a permanent home or structure. It, it counts. Yeah. Awesome. So with with the camping though, we kind of we've so Ellen and I have spent all of July like in a really good like diet. We're not like going crazy with the diet, but we're working out and we're trying to eat healthier this month, which has been good. Like we've actually done really well, except for of course when we travel and we go camping. Uh, and so before. Right after we went got done camping last weekend, I, of course, had a meeting with a uh, dietary specialist, right? So this is, again, part of me becoming a healthier human being and taking the next step. And so talking to my doctor, doctor's like, why don't you talk to like a dietitian about it? And I'm like, yeah, F it. Why not? What's the worst that can happen, right? So, Phil, uh, let me give you the list of the – I actually have a list. Okay, can you hear the paper? This is the actual list. That my dietary human being gave me. I can't. She's not a dietitian because that's what she told me. She's not. She's like a. I don't remember what her title was, but I'm gonna call her dietary human being. Okay. Food specialist. So, yeah. So she listed six things here for me to do. Okay. I wanted to see if you could maybe guess any of them that I may have here. Let's see if you can maybe guess one of them. Okay. Oh, jeez. I thought you were going to like read me a list. I'm sorry. What I got to guess? No, one of those I things? want you to no, guess one. Maybe let's see if we can guess one thing that's on this list that she wants you to eat more of. Yeah. More of or whatever I'm supposed to do. Like with, with according to food, broccoli fiber is a big deal. <laughs> she, she did mention that. Uh, there you go. So I have to up my fruit and veggie intake. Okay. Okay. So again, pretty normal stuff. Eat less right. processed meats. That includes like deli meat, so turkey sandwiches are now right. out the window. Carl Budig, okay. no more. 
It's out. No more Carl Budig ham <laughs> or beef or whatever it is meat product they put in that. R.I.P. Carl Budig. All right, Drink Carl more Budig. water. Cool. I can get down with that. Here's where it really gets me, right? Okay. Eat less chips. Eat less chips? Eat less chips. Yeah, man. I like feel like potato that's... potato chips. Anything that comes in like a space blanket, like a, a set of like a foil bag like that, is probably not good diet, you know, as part of your natural human food intake. I mean, you can have some. Sure. Let's, let's, let's eat it. But at the same time, you shouldn't be like, no, I'm pretty sure these are healthy. Yeah. I'm going to buy the chia seed chips and show you what's up. Uh, so, but also she told me to stop eating cereal. What? Oh, wow. So right. it, it can't be Cheerios, Wheaties, oh, Fiber Brand, Mega. Uh, yeah, because I'm getting like Cocoa Pebbles. Like I, it makes sense, but Cheerios are out and Wheaties are out. Right, because oh. the main ingredients, even in Cheerios, one of the main ingredients is sugar. Hmm. So cereal's out. That's how I start like every morning and sometimes dinner is cereal. I am a cereal fiend, dude. Like, I don't care what cereal it is. If you label it as cereal, I'm putting milk in it and I'm going to town. Okay, real quick. You could put Doritos in a cereal bowl and I'd eat it like cereal. (laughs) Jesus, yeah. Let me put this question out to you, though, then we'll get right back to it. Cereals, I haven't talked about this before. What is your, what's your number one? Uh, Price is no object. What is your cereal? Number one cereal of all time is Fruity Pebbles. Right on. Dude, mine, uh, maybe I just have a taste for the finer things because it seems like it's always the goddamn most expensive cereal box in the aisle. Cracklin' Oat Brand. So you, this is a troll moment, right? This is where no, you no. throw something out legit. and it's supposed to laugh? 100% legitimate. You need to go get $7 or however the hell much they want to charge for that. That's ridiculously priced. Get yourself a box of Cracklin' Oat Brand. You'll never come back. It's officially the IPA of cereals, Rich, as it's turned out. <laughs> so hipsters are eating crackling oat bran. Now, is is that the it. cereal that's like that looks like a rabbit pellet? It does. No, that's like, grape nuts, but it's pretty close. It's, it feels no, no, like no. no. Grape nuts are no. Shit. I know what grape nuts. I'm talking about like crackling oat bran. Isn't it like a longer like piece? It almost looks like uh, I don't know how to. It looks like a like dog food. I'm like it's a bigger. It does one look piece. like dog food. It's 100. percent It's like Cheerios, like that O shape, but it's dog food shape. 100. percent Oh, it is an O food. Okay, it is an O shaped. Okay. Yeah, but still, I don't know, it for some look reason, like I'm food. thinking of like something that's like a long, thin, almost like a noodle you would find in a Chef Boyardee can. You know what oh. I mean? Like that's right. what I'm picturing in my head. <laughs> that's straight up Alpo, man. That's just, that you're just thinking <laughs> Alpo. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So Crackle Note brand now. Now, I don't eat a lot of of the um, Fruity Pebbles anymore. I, I really I haven't bought a box in a very long time. Okay. But I do, like, I love Wheaties. I like Honey Bunches of Oats. Like, if you give me a box of Honey Bunches of Oats, like, I'm going to slam that in one sitting. So what Ellen has done is she now hides my cereal. Like, oh. legit hid my cereal. She bought, like, like five or six boxes of cereal the last time she went shopping. And I know you won't know where she hit him because I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you or <laughs> like you wouldn't know where she, cause you've never been to my house. Right. <laughs> sure. So I'm looking for a certain video game that I want to play. And she recently bought me a cabinet to like hold all my video games. I opened the cabinet and she hit the cereal in my video game cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I wasn't like she wasn't expecting me to go like look for an old video game to play. Like she hid it in the video game cabinet. All right. So so right in did. front of Excite Bike and you know Mylan's Secret Castle is a box of raisin bread. <laughs> All right. So what you did at that point, right, was you just poured a bowl quietly of your raisin brand, ate it by your video games, destroyed all the evidence, and decided I'm going to let her hide cereal in the most obvious fucking place that she could ever store it, and I'm never going to let her know that I found her the hiding place, right? Uh, well, that would have worked, except she was sitting on the couch when I was doing it. <laughs> and so before okay. I had a, before she had a chance to say, no, don't go in there, Sure. I opened the door and just started laughing, and then she starts laughing. It was kind of funny. That's awesome. Good stuff. Uh, but apparently I need to go into, I need talk about hiding something right in front of your face or looking someplace you never thought to look. Hidden Why in would sight. I go look for cereal where I, the same place where my Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo and my Nintendo games meet. You know what I mean? Like, why would I do that? Probably because you got this new NES mini, man. It probably is because you don't even need these cartridges anymore. It's a thing of the past for you. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I bit the bullet, man. I'm in, I'm in the NES mini game. Uh, and I'm in it mostly for the collector aspect of it. Like I just enjoy having it. Sure. Uh, but when I started playing it, I was like, dude, Rich, you own every single one of these games already. What are you doing? (laughs) How, how lazy are you? Uh, but it is cool to play it in HD, I guess. Uh, I can't afford a frame Meister. Like I don't have $300 to spend on upscaling. So, right. Right. Um, and I, you know, getting one of those, like, I mean, the AVS here you have is great, but you know, I have a hard time justifying $150 for an HDMI NES when I don't really know much about input lag and things like that. So I bit the bullet, dude. I bit it hard. That's awesome. No, I'm glad you did. Um, as you know, I've got, uh, the Super Nintendo equivalent, the SNES Classic mm-hmm. Mini. Uh, yeah, I and I love the SNES Classic Mini. That's perfect for me because I don't have a lot of those games, so that's great. Yeah, me either. And so, yeah, my uh, my brother-in-law was able to land me one. Uh, Kent was able to grab me one of those uh, back when they were impossible to find. It's kind of exciting now that they're finally, you know, Nintendo's finally flooding the market, which nothing feels better, right, than when you've all these fucking neckbeard dudes who would just, like, clean the shelves off and then list these things right. up on, on eBay for like $300 or now just sitting on like a closet full of $70. You can buy them anywheres and they just have yeah. to kind of eat shit there. I love that feeling. But yeah. I hope uh, that they eat all the shit. Oh, me, me too. And so, um, yeah, I was, as I told you, I was really excited when you shot me a text that you uh, you got the NES Mini. That, yeah, I, I bet I play that SNES Mini that I've got. It's... Uh, it's not every day, but it's close. <laughs> like it's often because it's just yeah. as we've talked in previous conversations, just kind of the nature of video games has changed over time. Where uh, a lot of the modern games, no question, they're, they're beautiful and they're really well done and they're really absorbing. But we're at a stage in our lives where that type of like really that type of game just doesn't work for us because of our own responsibilities and shit. So if you're looking for a console that's going to entertain you for 10 to 15 to 30 minutes at a time, then absolutely. These, uh, these Nintendo classic consoles are like perfect for that. So I'm always on. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love having it. It just, it just makes me feel dirty for buying it. Oh no, dude, don't. Cause here's the thing. Um, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You've got a lot of the games, if not all that are on that, the 30, whatever odd games that are on the NES, uh, classic, but if you want to, you know, sell your soul to the devil a little bit, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I 
can probably help you put games on there that you shouldn't have on there. Then you can really play the hell out of it. Uh, Phil, we might have to talk about this off podcast. I know, yeah, absolutely. I would, but, but for those listening uh, at Nintendo headquarters, don't worry. This would only be uh, open source games. And, uh, of course, no games that would infringe any copyright law. Uh, TM. All homebrews. Yeah, all homebrews. I'm sure they, <laughs> one, don't give a shit, and two, are probably like, yeah, that's uh, it's still against the terms and agreement with the, owning the fucking thing in the first place. But, right. yeah, that's because I'll admit, that's what I've gotten the most mileage out of mine with is uh, it does have um, software on mine addition to uh, the games that it came with, and uh, I, I've enjoyed playing it for that purpose alone. I, and as you know, I've got quite the collection of, of NES titles as well. Sure. So it's uh, it's just, yeah, because at, at the same time, like it's just kind of easier, right? Especially if you got a modern TV set, it it you get decent enough quality. You you'll get little to no lag. Game mode, of course, for anybody out there playing mm-hmm. with stuff, I, you have to have game mode for these classic consoles on there, so you're not getting any delay in your in your button presses. But um, yeah. yeah, like you can, it's just easier to switch between them and just go through the library and. And you don't, it's just less upkeep. It's just bam, you're playing it yeah, and then you're done, which feeds into that whole point of you only got 15 minutes of game. You don't need to spend three and a half minutes of it trying to get the game to work in the first place. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And the NES titles that are on there, a couple of them are robust, like Final Fantasy and uh, the Zelda. I mean, depending on how you play Zelda, it could be a little more robust. But even then, like it had a save feature, so you, it would save your progress if you uh, did it the right way. So. Um, but, but yeah, but enough about me, Phil, we've been talking about essentially me for what, 18 minutes now. What, what's going on in your world? How's, how's, how are things? Oh, you know, they're, uh, extraordinarily busy. Um, so as I've mentioned, uh, previously, so my, uh, my wife and I are expecting got a due date coming up in September. So I've got a knack historically for underestimating things. Uh, sometimes I don't, sometimes I'm really like calculated, but, um, I think for whatever reason, I imagined three phases to my adult life as it related to, um, having children and is that I would have a period of my time in which I would not have children period of my time in my life. Uh, or sorry, I should say we, where we didn't have children period where we uh, were expecting in a period where we had children. I didn't sure. anticipate the, Oh, <laughs> uh, what's the word? I guess the the acceleration. Man, is there a difference between expecting in month two to expecting in month oh eight? Uh, my my poor. So you're wife, saying that there's more levels? It's not just before, during, and after pregnancy. No, there, there's a gradient. There are new levels between yeah. pregnancy and baby. Yeah, okay. there's a gradient to it. Um, and so uh, Kate has been an absolute uh, trooper. She's. Uh, she, at this point, she's, uh, I want to say, probably eight months along. And uh, stuff that I think we had heard about in the the murmurings of, oh, well, when you're pregnant, you know, you're going to have to deal with this. And they just hadn't arrived yet. And you continue to kind of think like, yeah, maybe this isn't, maybe people are just nuts or maybe it won't affect us, whatever. Just shit like, uh, like retaining water, like in your feet and your ankles. Mm. So, mm. yeah, my poor wife is just like, uh, shoe, shoe wear sucks. <laughs> so and she's a... Uh, She's yeah. a, pretty much a hippie now at this point, I imagine. Whenever she doesn't have to have shoes on, she doesn't. Not, I can't, cannot blame her at all. Uh, we mm-hmm. went to a uh, – we got lucky. We wanted to get into like a birthing class with the the midwife office that she's operating out of or she's going to okay. uh, deliver with. And uh, they were all booked up. So we were really disappointed about it. But then yesterday with like 
15 or about an hour to spare, uh, they called and said, Hey, somebody canceled. Would you guys like to join? And we we're really excited to, yeah, please let's, let's, uh, take advantage of that. So we got there and I was one of the unlucky fathers to be who at random was selected to carry, um, basically the, I don't know, they didn't have a name for it, but basically they had a book bag with a medicine ball and a bunch of sandbags in it that was at about 30 pounds that they strap onto the unsuspecting, uh, partner onto the front mm, to recreate okay. exactly all the shit your, your poor significant other has to be going through <laughs> in, uh, in carrying okay. the term. And yeah, so how did man, it feel? It, it, well, it was constricting. <laughs> so it gave me an appreciation, <laughs> just shit like drawing breath. You're like, Oh man, that is kind of a bummer. That muscle that moves your lungs around is being having its ass kicked literally by this little baby inside. Of course, I didn't have to worry about that feeling, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely sympathetic to uh, my wife. She's been wonderful in that. So yeah, it's been, as we're kind of hitting crunch time, we're uh, doing some, I've been spray painting some furniture, kind of locking down all the stuff that we need to have ready and loaded into the nursery here pretty soon. And okay. And then I sounds, guess it just sounds uh, adult. I like it. Yeah. Like oh dude. Yeah. This. Too much adult. Well, not too much. It's the, it's at this point, the necessary amount, but boy, uh, yeah, these latter, latter months of expecting are filled with adult start to finish. So, uh, but at the same time, it's, it's been a lot of fun and it's kind of nice to see we've got a whole lot of work done and, and kind of put behind us now. So we're feeling, feeling more prepared every day. So it's good stuff. That's good, man. That's I'm very happy for you. Yeah. I'm thanks. glad his baby is coming. So <laughs> sure you're going to be the coolest dad ever, man. You're going to be like the, you're me like the raddest dad that I know. So well, good. I know a lot of rad dads. So if it's, you're in rarefied air, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although most, like a lot of like the crew is now dadded up. There's very few of us who have yet to dad. Right. Uh, That's okay. The though. dads are starting to outweigh the not dads, which That's is good. True. I mean, I th- we're at the appropriate age where we should have at least one or two. Right. Uh, yep. And some of us who don't or I guess we're more mutants than the not mutants. I guess we're just kind of hanging on to the last breath of glory days. I don't know. Yeah, no, I no. Hey, listen, you should, um, if nothing else, because that allows you to be the conduit of the once every few months weekend glory days for the rest of us who do have kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and that's that's true, though. Like everybody's uh, a lot of folks are having kids. Um, a lot of folks like I just think like Jay Reed, he's having rotaries instead. Everybody's kind yeah, of dude, finding their own stuff. King Rotary. Shout Literally out to King of Jay the Rotary. Reed, president of the Rotary of Ottawa. Good work. Hanging out with Justin Love Trudeau, you, by the way. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. like just hanging out with Justin Trudeau. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> Excellent. Good like, shit. The America's father got to hang out with Canada's father, Justin Canada's Trudeau. Canada's father. That's right. It's about time. We need to we need to bridge the gaps here. Got to bridge yeah. the... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's now our conduit to that. Like, we're bigger and better people because Jeremy Reed has gone to Canada and hung out with Justin Trudeau and I've, other I've like notable people at this rotary event. That's great. Like I kind of want to be a rotary dude now. Like let me rotary all over right. the place. I will do that. When you, when your president is who your president is, you want a rotary. You just figure like, what am I doing this week? I'm thinking about going, I'm thinking a rotary. going a rotary in yeah. Iowa. Yeah. I mean, if that's my ticket out, like we're, I don't know if you watch Handmaid's Tale, but you know, if we're in Gilead situation, like let me into Canada and if Rotary's my ticket, like somebody invite me to Rotary, let's do this. Oh, if we got into that situation, I may do everything I could just to get across the Atlantic is, is a, 
yeah. run far, far away. Yeah, oh, it's shit. uh, but no, seriously, like read the owner of that guy's secret, by the way, great deals on men's clothing and other apparel and accessories. You can find him at thatguyssecret.com. I wanted to make sure I, I, I said that like it was an actual like live read uh, like we used to do back when I was in radio. You just you do live reading and, right. and so, uh, you want that you want to make it sound like you're actually reading. Go to thatguyssecret.com for all of your men's needs. <laughs> so. Well, you delivered. I think 100%. I come. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would, <laughs> and then I would tell my students to be like, "Hey, read that again. It sounds like you're reading. So pretend like you're talking to somebody else when you do it." <laughs> Which I'm sure got yeah. zero change. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> True story. True yep. story. That's how it goes. Uh, all right. Well, I tell you what, Phil. You ready to get into this? I mean, we're we've kind of gone off the rails, but I love it. Like, it's been a while. I, I'm glad we got. That's Some of that stuff uh, off our chest, but let, let's get fired up here. Let's get this started. Let's on to topic numero uno. Phil, you wanted to talk a little about this Famicom Mini, sort of like the NES Mini that's for the Japanese Famicom. Yeah. Uh, Phil, I, is this something that maybe I should have waited for instead of my NES console? No. Or is this just kind of eh? Yeah, no, unfortunately not. I wouldn't have waited for this. Uh, I would expect this. It's a limited production thing, first off. So, And it's also Japanese only. So if you want this thing in the United States, either you will wait until the knuckleheads who are willing to part ways with the hundreds of U.S. dollars it would take to acquire one of these uh, to get old and desperate or you know, just try to let, cut loose their collection. You probably get an affordable price, whatever that's going to be, 20 years. Um, but no, otherwise, it looks like it's a pretty limited thing. Um, but ultimately, what it is, is so Nintendo, especially in Japan, uh, so we know Nintendo at current age, and I think even historically in the United States, has been very protective of their intellectual property rights. It probably has right. a lot to do with kind of the conditions of intellectual property law and how they vary between the United States and Japan. So uh, in Japan, because the law has suited them in a way that it apparently just doesn't quite suit them necessarily in the United States, they uh, have been more willing, historically, to partner up uh, with other, what's the word, I guess, like, organizations. Uh, so, for example, this all ties into this thing called Shonen Jump. Shonen Jump is a very famous historical magazine, uh, comic book magazine that's monthly, that uh, has been an establishment in Japan for years. Uh, and by years, I mean decades. And it's the progenitor. It's the basis of like where Dragon Ball started. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of like the, gosh, what was it, like the North Star? Um, there's like Captain Tsubasa. Yeah, Fist of the North Star, sorry. Uh, Captain Tsubasa is like the famous soccer one. Just tons and tons of games. And what's crazy is that I don't really have a way to give you an equivalent. Uh, Mad Magazine doesn't count. But we could, you can always imagine, right, um, some of these games coming out onto a Nintendo console. But Nintendo themselves, for this console, uh, the Classic Mini, partnered with the organization to release basically a unique little flavor of this Famicom Mini that's just going to have its own selection of games on it that all tie in to this historically significant uh, comic book uh, monthly issue that's gone on. And it all includes all, like, what is it, like 30 games, something to that effect, uh, yeah. that are based on it. So, uh, well, yeah, it's just really cool that it... It signals a few things. It signals to me that it is they're willing to kind of 
squeeze as much as they can, I guess, out of these mini consoles that it may not just be kind of a race to the present where now we'll expect a Nintendo 64 one and then we'll expect a GameCube one or whatever people think. There may be um, some interest on Nintendo's part to kind of really seek out the collectability nature of these little these little pocket consoles, these little tiny guys that maybe you want to kind of collect them which would be really interesting for, I think, a lot of people. Uh, it wouldn't be necessarily yeah. for me, but at the same time, it's, it's still very cool. But, um, yeah, it's just got a lot of uh, a lot of neat games on it, and it just, I don't know, it just kind of uh, it took a direction I did not expect uh, Nintendo to make because at this point, none of the games that are on it are from Nintendo, um, and it's just a very unique little collection. But at the same time, I'm sure it'll fetch yeah. a, a fair penny in the U.S. Uh, based on its collectability. Uh, I see three Dragon Ball games... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, yeah, a lot of what you talked about with the, uh, uh, different types of, uh, essentially cartoons and anime that right. became a dragon a, a warrior is on there. That yeah. all came from them. Dragon quest is the equivalent. Mm-hmm. And there's even games yeah. that came out over here. I don't know if you've played them. They're really kind of, they're like the obscure games that you find out later actually pretty fun. Like I think it's called like clash of demon head or some silly shit. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like another one of those games that was just kind of reskinned and retitled, but I'm almost sure that clash oh. of demon head is actually based on some sort of basically an anime or manga better use it. Cause I don't think it was necessarily animated, but like some sort of comic book story that was told monthly in these magazines. And that is what, formed the basis of that game but then when they brought it over here they they translated it and changed the hell out of it but yeah there's a lot of right. games on here that you would never have known were ever tied to a japanese comic book or cartoons they never came stateside but we've been playing the games translated for years uh, on the old classic nes so yeah it's a, it's a really kind of an interesting little development it looks really cool the one thing i would say i didn't understand about these little famicom minis as we've heard there are a number of gripes to be made and, and well-founded gripes about the uh, NES Classic or the SNES Classic, particularly in the length of the cable, the cord yeah, oh yeah. Uh, to yeah. the system. Super short. Super, Super short. short. So what's really kind of neat about the original, neat and how it was originally designed, the original Famicom, the Japanese NES, is that its hard, controllers are hardwired to it. Yeah, and, actually and that's always slots. been an issue with the Famicom where you had to sit next to your console. That's true. And there's even slots on the side of the console that you can store the controllers in, so it's just kind of an all-contained little device when you're not playing it. So as they shrank this con- this uh, this console down, right, to create the Classic Mini, they had to shrink the controllers down with it. So now the controller, if you were to buy this little Japanese Famicom Jump Mini, the controller's got to be about three inches wide, maybe like an inch and a half tall. <laughs> so it, it'll be about the dimensions like a Switch... Uh, like a little, what do they call it, Joy-Con or whatever the hell they call it on the Switch. Joy-Cons, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be like that, which obviously if you're trying to like play these things for hours, it's probably not the most comfortable console to hold and a pair of man hands. But uh, no, no, no. Yeah. No. So it's it's a neat collector thing. Um, if you're into collecting it, I'm sure it'd be a really cool thing to put on your shelf. Uh, I think the games on it are pretty cool. I actually wouldn't mind, uh, even in reading about it, I kind of predict that i'll be chasing down some of these games to see if there's translated ones because that's the other big thing of course these games are in japanese uh but a lot of folks online have made fan translations of them um and i'm kind of thinking i might just try to track some of these games down put them on my well yeah that's snes one and give those a try because some of these look pretty cool yeah that's what i was about to ask you because you're sort of like the 
uh, you are our resident weeb, uh, if you will. And so I didn't, <laughs> yeah, dude. if you, if you, uh, are not into a Famicom mini, nobody I know, or even don't know would not be into this. So oh, dude, I, understand I, would, like, I love one. Yeah. I would like one. No question. Like if, if I were to, if somebody were to say, yeah, here you go. Like it's very cheap. You get, so I'm just a cheap ass dude. <laughs> it's more my problem. I think it'd be cool to own one, but um, I never, I couldn't see myself parting ways with the cash necessary to acquire one, but no, it, it's yeah. super cool. Um, I think it would be really neat, but there's also that part of me that I could probably fake my existing SNES classic into doing anything this thing does. And so in that regard, I just kind of, which is exactly why, you know, Nintendo doesn't want people to do what I do with my thing. Because <laughs> it gets yeah. in the way the bottom line. Quiet. All right, Phil, let's move on. Uh, so, Phil, you know that I am the resident Fortnite guy of the Complete Inbox podcast. You are. I'm not good at Fortnite. We'll never claim to be good at Fortnite. But Fortnite, according to Forbes, has now made over a billion dollars. That's B wow. with a that's a that's a hard B. Hard B. Billion. Wow. They've been pulling in over the last few months like a couple hundred million here and there. It's one hundred and fiftieth Jeff Bezos's at this point. That's so many Bezoses. That's <laughs> yeah. like the maximum amount of Bezoses and Elon Musk's in the world. Um, Damn. It's on it's on track. It's like Elon Musk's kid submarine built specifically for tunnels <laughs> and caves. Yep. Uh, so a billion dollars does not surprise me one bit. Uh, the fact that it's done it so fast kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, and right. the fact that the game is essentially it's free. free. It's free. Right. It's a free game. Anybody can play. You can play it on any console. You can now play it on your Switch. You can play it on your Xbox, PC. There's You play it on your phone. There's literally nowhere where you can't play Fortnite. And you can play the game for free. And it does. you don't have to pay to like get better. You only pay for cosmetic add-ons. Right. Yeah. So or you pay for a battle pass, which will essentially give you a ticket to more add ons. So that have no bearing on the gameplay whatsoever. So that said, is the money is it, it can't there's got to be other revenue streams. Right. Then just apart from somebody wanted the white cape and instead of the stock black cape or whatever the hell it is, because, again, I still haven't played it. But um yeah, like what are the – I just boggles my mind. Like beyond it making a billion dollars, at that point, how many hundreds uh, – or I'm sorry, how many – you know, probably tens of millions. I don't know if it's quite to hundreds, but it could be globally of people are actively playing this game. There are a lot of people are actively playing it, and it, it's one of the games that's bridged the gap between young and old. And we've talked about this right. a little bit. Where it's, We did. Yeah. You know, like my – Dad played it. My uncle plays it. His grandson plays it, you know. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, so, How did your dad and yeah. uncle even find out about this game? From us. Okay. But, like, uh, dude, we're talking to them about old, them games all the time. Like, this is where I guess I'm shocked. Like, so this game, they, they've looked over the shoulders since we were kids. Parents have looked over our shoulders to see what we're playing. Yeah. And I know parents who don't want anything to do with Minecraft and all of this and the games that I would even say are pretty damn accessible to adults, despite the fact that they are just absolute kid brain magnets 
So yeah. I'm just shocked that like they would watch their kids play a Star Wars game, they'll watch their kids play a Lego game, or they'll watch their kids play whatever game, and they're like, oh, what a cute little game. But there's is there really? I guess there's something about them watching this going. Huh? You guys have? Do you have another controller? You know, like what is it that's making aunts and uncles and or not aunts, but you know, making the the old folks want to jump in on this with kids? I think it's because it's free. I think it's because you can jump in and it's an it's a game you can learn. It's a game that's difficult to master for sure. Like it's hard to, you know, I, I'll never be really good at the game. Like I've, the games pass me by so much that. If I play, it's only because I'm doing it for the social aspect. I play with my friends. My dad doesn't play it anymore, but the re—I mean, he knew about it because he watched my dad. Actually, you know, he played Destiny. He watches a lot of Twitch. Right. He kind of caught on to the the idea of the game early. Uh, he's an early adopter of a lot of things, uh, even he's, though he's yeah, he is. in his fifties. But he's he's still an early adopter of a lot of stuff. He always um, has been. In my, yeah, his, in my understanding, definitely, definitely. There was like when we were growing up, like my dad was always like on top of what was new. Like he was like, he had the CD player in the eighties. He had the video camcorder yeah. that was top. You know, he, he just was always a techie guy. So dude, there's a story uh, about your dad that for whatever reason, as far as him being an early adopter always pops in my mind is I think either you told me or he told me that when two live crew had their album come out and it was being pulled off a shelf or something like that because of how foul the language was that, that alone drove him to make sure he got a copy of it. Yeah. Is that, yeah, is that the, my dad, yeah, my dad definitely told you that story. <laughs> That's awesome. So Good we shit. had the un, like the unclean version of Two Live Crew. So I used to listen to that in my car and getting is, is as bad know, as I want to be. Is that the name of the album? I think something uh, like that. I can't remember. Now. It might be. I just know there's a lot of girls' butts. Yeah, there's the a lot. It's filled left. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It's like as bad or nasty as I want to be or something like that. Either way. Yeah. Something like that. I listen to a lot of that album because, you know, when you're uh, in the middle of nowhere and you want to look cool, you listen to two live crew. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Uh, And me so horny. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, a billion dollars. And I can tell you that. So a lot of people play it. And that's the reason why they're able to collect so much money is because the their in-game currency is called V-Bucks. And, you know, you buy V-Bucks, sometimes $10 at a time, $5 at a time, $20 at a time, whatever. And you've got people spending hundreds of dollars on V-Bucks to buy skins. And some skins will cost you roughly, you know, $15, $15. If you want want to buy a special skin, you could buy a special dance. You could buy special uh, equipment to... Dude. Dude. There's something in this room making noise. I don't think it's on my end. No, like I'm legit freaked out right now. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> like it sounds like something is scraping on glass right now, and I'm freaked out. Huh. Well, hey, we got you. If you die, <laughs> I'll get this straight to the FBI. Maybe I'm not supposed to talk about Fortnite anymore. Uh, maybe <laughs> I have awoken the ghost of Christmas Fortnite. Ghost of B-Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So there it is. Uh, Fortnite makes a lot of money. Uh, let me look over my shoulder, make sure nothing's going to attack me. Um, Fortnite <laughs> makes a lot of money because a lot of people play it, and you know I've definitely put some money, especially in the battle pass, where it costs you ten bucks to play for an entire season. And you get a, like a head start on some of the uh, challenges, and you get a chance to earn different skins and things like that. So let me ask you this you then. Go. So you say you get a head start on challenges after all this preaching that's being done by. 
Fortnite supporters everywhere in the face of play to win and the economies that surround it, is what is the tangible benefit then? Is is there one? And isn't that a pain in the ass? Ten bucks or whatever it was a month or whatever you're saying. So it's I think a I think it lasts like three months. I think is what your when your battle pass goes and you yeah. get up to like it'll help you get more like battle tiers is what they call it and then you get uh, up to like 100 like level 100 and then you get special things on top of that like extra challenges and things like that. So once you get so many stars and you get like the dances and really I mean other than just cosmetic like I so the, when the World Cup happened they came out with soccer skins and you could get. Uh, essentially you could have one person and you can put soccer jerseys from every country on there along with like your favorite number. Right. So uh, it was cool to play as like Argentina with a soccer outfit. It have a number and I'm running around in a soccer outfit, you know? So, um, but other than that, I guess it's more of like people want to buy it because they want to keep up with the Joneses. Essentially, you know, you want to show that, listen, like I made it so far in last season that I have, like, there's a character that looks like John Wick and a couple seasons ago, like, he was the, at level 100, you got your John Wick, right? So that just sort <laughs> of, like, was, like, your trophy for beating that season's battle pass. Here's something that I think is, as, I'm, as we're talking about it, I think it's important to acknowledge, and it's, it's a good thing, I would argue, is so, obviously we know that folks who make these games are interested in doing that because they're a business. They're there to make a profit. And so one of the best ways to make a profit, if you're in the business of making these games, the the lowest hanging of fruits, easiest way to get there is to just make it so if you want to win the game, that you will uh, pay extra money to do that. It's mm-hmm. so it's like the most direct route to the reason people play the game in the first place, right? And then also yes. just to generate additional revenue. So as much as folks like me uh, really want to pick on and kind of I guess trash talk sometimes folks who want to go buy the John Wick costume or whatever the hell it is uh, with real currency. If the interest in doing that is high enough that it satisfies the, the need on the revenue stream side for these companies and it keeps their, keeps them at bay, right. From then trying to attach a price tag to actually winning in the game itself. It's like a win for everybody. Uh, if nothing else, just the fact that that many people are, interested in paying extra money for what I would describe as some goofy bullshit. It, it the fact that it generates that much money for 10 penny or whatever even the company does that makes this game or 10 cent. Epic. It's Epic makes it. Oh, Epic. Sorry. never mind. Epic. Um, the fact that it makes that money for them, it's good because it just keeps them further away from the idea that they could somehow start making a play to win system. So yeah, I guess it, it you know, it, it's better for the, the gaming population that folks do want to just get the John Wick costume and it doesn't make the game. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do. I totally agree. Like this is a great game. That's why it's, that's why it spans generations because it's a opportunity for you to test your metal. Right. And also play a fun game and, and get a chance to play with your friends or family or whatever. Uh, right. And now you could do a cross platform, uh, which is pretty great. So you have one kid playing on a switch and another guy playing on Xbox, not PS4 because PS4 won't allow you to do that. But uh, it's, it's a game that's, different it's i mean it's not the first battle royale game but it's a battle royale that because of the way it looks visually and some of the add-ons they've done and now they've included like you can race golf carts and uh, eventually you're going to be able to like 
play golf on the golf course and all these like little things that they've added to the game. The game constantly changes. It's not the same all the time. It's the map changes, but they're subtle changes. They're not like the entire map. It's just like, here's this little change. Now you have to adapt to it. Things like that. So it's always changing. And I think that has a lot to do with, especially when your attention span is, is lower these days, uh, getting Mm -hmm. a chance to, uh, new season, you know, you saw the familiarity, but also something's a little different. Yeah. It's cool. Cool idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and, uh, let's move on. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to talk about Fortnite anymore. Cause I don't want to get killed by this ghost in this room, uh, <laughs> sure. but I do want to talk a little bit about virtual boy on the Oculus Rift. This is a, a chance for the revival of the virtual boy. Finally getting its, its day. Phil, were you? Did you own? Did you own a Virtual Boy when you were a little, Phil? I actually did. Uh, I, I'm so glad that this is finally coming out because seriously, one of the first things I feel like every time we would hit some sort of technological breakthrough in the world of even just not even VR, 3D, I was kind of like, yeah, but does it play Virtual Boy? <laughs> like, and that's not because <laughs> Virtual Boy in any way had games that were worth a shit. They really weren't. Um, but I remember. This is back in my old paper route days. Walmart had like just a bucket, like a it was clearance because the system was officially discontinued by Nintendo, and I was able to get mm-hmm. the console for like fifty dollars, and uh, and it was originally like three hundred at the time, I think. So it just like yeah, that's pretty plummeted. expensive. Yeah, serious uh, discount. And then I got I had like Mario Golf. Uh, it was here's another thing that kind of dates it. This is right when the internet was starting to really kind of get to people's houses. So eBay was mm-hmm. still a was a brand new thing. I was using eBay. Um, I bought a series of Japanese only games because uh, they were region free. Um, so you could play whatever you wanted on it. Right. And yeah, it obviously wasn't all as cracked up to be. Uh, the tennis game was fun, but ultimately it was something that was far too heavy to strap to your head. So it came with like a goofy ass tripod and the controllers mm-hmm. were what housed the batteries unless you bought a um, like an AC adapter for it. Right. So, and in every like 20 minutes, because the shit was so bad for your eyes, it would warn you, like, you know, please, you know, take your face out of this thing instead of just watching these, these red images on black. Uh, but that said, it was really cool at the time. Um, there are games for it that I would say there's only a couple, but there are a couple in there that are objectively good that have never been released on other consoles. There's like a Wario game of some kind on there. It's pretty fun. Yeah. That yep. tennis games included too. So, yeah, every time. Mm-hmm. Even down to like uh, just really 3D emulation, uh, 3D TVs, any of that kind of stuff that's come out, I've always been thought, yeah, somebody wrote a virtual emulator for it. So, of course, uh, with the Rift and then in my uh, instance, the Vive, I was really exciting, you know, excited to find that somebody would get the uh, Virtual Boy up and running on there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to checking it out and uh, kind of revisiting some of those games I played back in the nineties on it, but with, with way more comfort uh, and being able to just kind of jump in and out of it, it'll be a nice, a nice thing to try out. Have you ever played yeah. virtual boy at all? Oh yeah. So my brother and he'll maybe correct me if I'm wrong when he listens to this, uh, I believe he, he was given him, given one to him by his friend. So he had a friend and like, he just gave it to good him. friend. Yeah. Yeah. And so we played it quite a bit. Uh, but we used to lay on our back and put the thing on our face 
And so we've sure. I've heard a lot of the Mario Tennis uh, on that, which I've loved. I, th- I thought Mario Tennis on that was yeah, great. Yeah, it's a cool game. Um, but it's so uncomfortable to wear, dude. It was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Punch we definitely played it uh, for a little shit. bit. And I wish we still had it, obviously, because some of those games are worth some money now. Uh, because, I mean, right? the library is so small, too. Like, it's a really small library. I can't remember how many games. Isn't like in the teens? It must the be. Number of, and that, it, or and that like low includes, 20s? Yeah, that probably even includes the Japanese-only releases. Because, like, just rattling off the top of my head, as far as American ones, there was uh, uh, so Mario Tennis, Telero Boxer, Red Alarm. Um, there was that Wario game. I mentioned it, but I'm not, mm-hmm. not repeating myself. But there was like yeah. a Tetris one that came out that I had. I think that might have been a Japanese only one. There was a baseball game that was a Japanese one I had. And I feel like that's it. And we're at like, what, six or seven games? So I'm sure yeah. that there were like a handful more games, but that maybe gets into the teens. Like it was really, I think. Some people like U.S. releases. On. There was there was not a lot of U.S. releases. Oh, not a lot at all. Uh, and, and I think there was not like, a lot of games to support it. No, and it, people pick on Nintendo for what they would describe as failures with some of their work, like the Wii U and shit. No, dude, this defines colossal failure for them because it really was like a big step and a big investment, and it was it didn't do anything. It's absolute disaster for them. So there's like I'm looking at this right now, and it's around. Well, there's a few unreleased games um, on this list. So let's see. There's two, three, four, five. Jack Bros was a good game. Uh, I remember that being a good game. But that's also which, really hard to find too. Like, which one? Uh, I think that's Jack Bros. Jack Brothers. Oh I think yeah, that's, that's right. I never. I, no, I've never played it, but I, that rings a bell in terms of hearing about it. Uh, virtual te- uh, Virtual Tetris, of course. I definitely played that. Uh, maybe we had Water. World? No, maybe that was. Oh, Waterworld definitely like... did. We definitely. I didn't. I never played it, but I knew about that being on there too. Um, but uh, as far so there is one, two, like three games that were never released in the, released in Japan. One, two, three, four, five. Six, I just counted fourteen United like States nine, releases. Yeah, like nine games that were not released in the United States. So we were looking at fourteen games for the North American releases. So yeah, yeah not a, not a whole lot to choose 14 from. Fourteen games, dude. Fourteen. That's everybody. Nintendo at this point is not a name no one's heard of. There are people who would you would hope would want to line up right to get a game out on a Nintendo console to make a buck. They could squeeze fourteen games. That's hardly into the teens, yeah. dude. That's that's two above twelve. That's <laughs> barely into the teens. Yeah, that's that numbers. system was a a real shit show. Yeah, huge Absolutely. flop. But uh, of course, Nintendo recovered, and they're doing really. Oh really yeah, well. exactly. That's kind yeah. of the one stain, right? That and probably the the deal they had with the Philips uh, CDIs, where they had to come out with Zelda games because of the deal they had with uh, Philips oh. back then. But like, yeah, those are real. That's really it. Like, I can't think of a time where Nintendo was just like super disappointing. No, you're right. I think so. I think I never and- loved the GameCube. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I never loved the GameCube. But if they ever came out with a GameCube mini, I would totally get into it. Uh, oh, yeah, because, you know, yeah. When I played the GameCube, the games I played on it were, uh, I only, when the when it first came out, uh, Wind Waker, I only played for an hour on the GameCube because I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, now, I've gone back and since played it and absolutely love it. It's like one of my oh, favorite Zelda it. games now for sure. It's a really good game. Yeah, uh, same. But I can't, I, the reason why I bought it was because of Mario Kart Double Dash. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I don't even and what was and Super Mario Sunshine that was on the GameCube, right? I never even played that, so I, like, I haven't either. But I'm pretty sure that's I, I think that's lauded as a good game too. So yeah, it's uh, lauded as a good game. I think it, it the problem with that is it's kind of like 
the the worst Beatles album is going to be a probably a pretty good album. But the problem is it gets compared <laughs> to the rest of the Beatles library. I mean, not right. not everybody's going to Beatles fan, but it's the whole idea, right? That if you want to put out a Mario game, like you are, imagine the pressure on the software development mm-hmm. team who puts out a, a not just like a Mario. Mario plays tennis, like a real legit Super Mario blank game. The fucking yeah. pressure that's got to put on you as a game designer because you are you are up against reputationally the some of the most important and successful critically sales every yeah. element of it. Video games in the history of video games. So um, I think that is where Sunshine had it been another character in it and a whole other world, whatever. People would have been like, oh, what a fun GameCube game. But I think, unfortunately, it just failed to meet the standard that uh, Miyamoto and his teams had set with the the flagship Mario franchise. So, yeah, I'm sure it's pretty good. Um, I think history has probably redeemed it. But, yeah, a lot like how it was even with Wind Waker. Gosh, yeah, people beat the shit out of that. And I had no interest in playing Wind Waker based on its art style alone when it originally released. And now uh, Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Like, I find that to be... I actually think it's my favorite one. I, it, for me, it it's beats. It's so good. Uh, it is absolutely. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. It beats. Uh, yeah. uh, gosh, Ocarina of Time for me personally. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I go that far, but it's not far from it. Like it's. I think it beats the NES and the Super Nintendo Zeldas for sure. Yeah. So I'm kind of team uh, team Wind Waker for sure. I've definitely changed my team changed my tune on that. Yeah. So I think that uh, our, Nintendo, yeah. as far as the Virtual Boy goes, like Nintendo, they've they've taken enough chances, and sometimes they do get a little ahead of themselves, uh, which, you know, sometimes that's great. You're the first person, you know, you get to something first, you get to an idea first, uh, beyond naming rights and all that kind of comes with it, you, you get to get all the winnings of it. So mm-hmm. they're in the business of gambling a bit and trying to say, I think this is going to be what no one's gone before, and it's really going to land, uh, and... They generally get it right, but yeah, the most spectacularly they ever got it wrong. Uh, they were right in that people did want a 3D, like immersive eyes environment, but just the technology wasn't there, and they had to sacrifice so much of, you know, the parts of it that I think people wanted out of a, a VR headset. That uh, Virtual Boy was it. It neither it didn't succeed as in really any way. But yeah. I bet that they I bet they learned a lot from it. And I bet there's so much of the work that they did on that that none of us know went into making some really solid titles and, and solid tech later. So, yeah, yeah, good. good I hope good I hope you Nintendo get a chance history. to get to play it on the Vive. Uh, oh, that'd be really going to cool. happen for sure. Uh, and I'll, those who are interested it. in the Oculus Rift, you can now get it for around three hundred fifty dollars. So uh, come down in price just a little bit and you get a chance to if you've got a good enough computer, of course. Uh, to enjoy some VR, and I can tell you from experience, VR it's pretty cool these days. It's definitely mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's really definitely caught taking up, a finally. step up. Uh, okay, awesome. let's move on. Uh, here we're man, we're we are cruising here, Phil. We are approaching <laughs> an hour already, man. This is we are. Yeah. So we might not get to everything on the list. We might have to save some of this stuff. But uh, before we go, I definitely want to talk about uh, this kit that will allow you to turn your Super Nintendo controller and actually some other controllers into a wireless controller that would work via Bluetooth. Um, I can tell you from experience. So the, the group that makes this is uh, 8-Bit Doe. Uh, they make wireless controllers for the SCNS Classic, the 
uh, NES Classic, and they're actually great Bluetooth controllers. Like I actually have one. It allows me to play Final Fantasy three or six on my treadmill while I'm walking. It feels nice. There's no lag that I can tell. Uh, they make really good controllers for this, and I hate third-party controllers. I've always hated third-party controllers. Mad yeah. Cats to me is the trash company of like the two thousands. <laughs> you know, like I hate Mad Cats controllers. But yeah, this is true. actually really good. So when third party comes out and works like this, like I'm all in. Uh, then the idea that I could turn in, turn my NES controller. Now, of course, you'd have to be able to Bluetooth enable your actual NES. Uh, but what this works for is you can actually turn your NES controller, your SNES controller into uh, like a wireless for your, let's say, uh, Raspberry Pi. Or if you're playing an emulator on the computer, this allows you to skip the idea of maybe plugging into USB and introducing a whole new set of, of issues. And you don't have to solder anything. You literally take it out of the package, remove something else, put this in, and you're good to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really, yeah, it's super cool. Um, if nothing else, <laughs> beyond the fact that a lot of folks are, are happy to tinker with things nowadays, it they've made it as easy as they possibly can, right? Like you said, there's no soldering or anything. It's not like you're getting the parts necessary to upgrade the existing like Super Nintendo controller into a wireless controller. I mean, the only parts you're going to be reusing of the Super Nintendo controller to do this are the shell and the buttons and the little rubber contacts that hit. But the whole mm -hmm. uh, little circuit board that's in there is part of what you buy. So it's something that can't be done without a Phillips screwdriver. And, or maybe, I don't know if they actually... For all I know, Super Nintendo requires those safety screws with like a little triangle shape. But either way, um, it's just such a cinch to put together. But I think what's also really kind of cool about it is as somebody who has collected old uh, video game hardware and you, as we've talked about, the controllers just run the shit, right? Over the years, especially the old original Nintendo, but Super Nintendo is not necessarily exempt from it either. It's kind of getting yeah. spongy. They're not responsive in the, either the buttons or the D-pads on these things. So it's probably been 15 years since the first time I got online and found some place where I could buy those new rubber contacts. So I think a lot of people that have these old controllers and still use them, if nothing else, they're already pretty comfortable with taking some of these things apart and the bare minimum, right, of having to use a screwdriver to, to spruce something up a little bit. So I think this really kind of speaks to them. And uh, it's just kind of a really neat, uh, it, again, just super easy uh, thing to do. And just to get these wireless controllers, because they're not necessarily that cheap, uh, a new wireless controller, but you could probably find a really beat up, busted, kind of spongy game here, or sorry, controller here from like a, a thrift store, a used bookstore, wherever you can find these old video game equipment. And uh, with just a little extra money. I, yeah, because how much does it cost? I that totally missed uh, on it's, that. It's only 20 bucks. You can buy it off Amazon for 20 bucks, the kit. Yeah, dude. And if you've been collecting some of these parts for years you got kind of busted controllers that yeah definitely. are in your closet somewhere i have so many controllers right now that i don't use so many. yeah because you just might pull a few parts off from here and there as needed at least i certainly have and so yeah the idea that that's already doing nothing now you can just replace the entire motherboard or the, like the circuit board on it yeah it's just it's a it's an easy win and it's kind of cool to just not only get it to be wireless but it's some of these old controllers are still fun to handle and they're just kind of neat to be playing some of the modern games, even on Steam or what have you, while holding a Sega Genesis controller or something yes. like that. It's just kind of a, a fun yeah, thing and, to have. And Sega's included in this as well. Like you can actually mod your Sega controller too. So it's exactly. not just Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Uh, and I think it's great for a lot of people who emulate. 
and who want to be more casual in their, oh, their play style. Right. You can, you, if your computer has Bluetooth, you can hook this up to your Bluetooth computer and literally you have a controller right there. So yeah, you're absolutely uh, getting back a, to that authenticity of it. Right. Right. So with my Pi, I've actually, I've hooked up uh, an old uh, Wii U controller so I can play some newer uh, games with the, the four button uh, and the LB and RB and stuff like that. But where it misses for me is obviously the NES tiles that may have or may not have made it onto my Raspberry Pi, right? So right. being able to Bluetooth something like that, I'm definitely interested, especially if I'm a Raspberry Pi owner. It, it just allows you to, again, avoid using USB uh, controller and, and no cord whatsoever. You're just you're locked in with a uh, an actual NES controller. So I might just give it a shot. Like Maybe that's something I'll do over the next, you know, before school starts, like I mean, one project I do is, is uh, see if I can get my NES, get a, turn an old NES controller into a, uh, a wireless one. Can't use my favorite NES controller, the one that's got the bite marks on it, because that one's still good as gold. <laughs> yeah, dude, absolutely. I'm so glad that yours has bite marks on it, too. I had to, I was explaining to Kate just how much of a little shit I was as a, a kid. And I, I remember, like, now actually if we're talking about it, what was the game that had you put bite marks into yours? Do you remember? Um, probably Castlevania would definitely be one. Um, pro- uh, what was another game that you really used to frustrate me as a kid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zelda two, Zelda two, Zelda two. Oh, Zelda two. Right. For like what the best part is like for people who didn't buy controllers, first off, congrats. Um, happy for you. Uh, those who did like to keep in mind, it's never like, oh, this game cheated me. I'm going to buy this controller right now. It was like at the end, right, of like the kind of fit, like, oh, like my parents weren't home. And it's basically the shit that makes on the Internet now where you hear some kid just like <laughs> just like losing their yeah. shit and screaming. But it was just yeah. done, you know, in 1989 in mm-hmm. my parents' house while they're gone. And it was uh, for me, it was Contra. Contra oh, was one yeah. that would make me do that shit. That and then one. the original. Sure. The original Zelda, uh, if nothing else, I had when I was really young, so I'd have been probably like seven, and just trying to get from the start screen to level one with just those three hearts, uh, mm-hmm. which now you can do, like, fucking, you probably do it literally blindfolded <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but, at this point. Uh, but yeah, dude, that used to just burn me up, and I would just get more unnerved the more times I would die doing it, and then I would just play worse, and yeah, I just, there's little teeth, little baby teeth marks teeth since lost to the tooth fairy marks in this uh in some controller i've got down in a box down there that yeah i'm with you we can't, <laughs> you can't throw away the one's got your dental records on it gotta hang on to that one as long as you can i also can't confirm or deny that some of these bite marks may have come within the last 10 years so <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh hell yeah get it yeah when you're speed uh, running you know mario and you're getting frustrated uh, there may be some bite marks that come uh, in the controller. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm such a baby well, dude. The next time we hang out, we should. Uh, I, you and I had a really good experience. One of the times we hung out, we decided we would just do everything in our power to beat. Um, God damn, what was this? Little Nemo. So we'll just pass that controller back and back and forth over an afternoon until that game is beat. If we can find a game, uh, we can even use my controller. If we can find a game that you and I can put our heads together over the course of an afternoon, a really difficult one and beat. Uh, you're welcome to put teeth marks in it as uh, as much as you as much you deem necessary. That's good shit. And then shit. we'll put it in a case forever. Uh, yeah, well, that's I'm right. coming we'll over it. in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll be together in a couple Excited. weeks. Maybe we can 
maybe we can actually record one together. Uh, record a oh, podcast yeah. like, together. That's not a bad idea. Eye contact. <laughs> I'll bring I'll bring my microphone and we'll make it happen. Yeah, a little eye contact go a long way, man. Those, yeah, definitely. I won't be stepping over all the shit you're trying to say. Like I do <laughs> but that's what it's all about. You know, I want to make that's sure we true. have a good back and forth. I don't want us to completely be like, well, you talk about this and I talk about this. It should yeah. be back and forth, man. That's what it's all about. It is. Yeah, all right. absolutely. <laughs> so we actually we had a lot of stuff that we wanted to cover today. But I, if you're cool with it, I'm going to save this for next yeah. time because I think some of the absolutely. stuff we can wait. But I want to talk about your Reddit your subreddit of the day. Right. So, uh, so my subreddit of the day <laughs> is, uh, I can't remember where I first came upon it, but it's, r slash watch people die inside. And it's pretty much what it says on the can. It is, you, you got those photos where like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Oh, right. Not actual death. Jesus. People They're aren't right. actually dying in No, this. no. Okay. Just so imagine before we like, send people to the subreddit, please yes, know that nobody's it, actually dying. Super safe for life. Super. It's even super safe for work. Uh, SSFW. Yeah, super safe for work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, this is mostly like if you were to see like a seven-year-old kid drop their ice cream onto the ground and it just goes scoop first <laughs> and they just freeze and don't even make a face. Don't that make would a be face watching or a people noise. die inside. Yeah. yeah. So like I was uh, telling you, Rich, uh, one of the ones this week that really cracked me up was a photo. <laughs> the title line of it was, the one male attendee of my mom's wine painting class. And so <laughs> a lot of folks are probably familiar with it. What's really great is I think this must be part of a chain because I know we have a location by this name out here in Des Moines. It's called a Pino's Palette. And it's just got a C of what you might expect, which is to say, that, you know, this is a, a nice ladies bonding type of joint. To, you know, typically it is a place for you to get some wine and, uh, kind of hang out with your work friends and you guys all do the best you can to paint a picture. So in this photo is a, a mix of smiling women all holding proudly their recent works of art. And then there's a dude uh, on the top left wearing, uh, remind me whose Jersey is this? Oh, it's a Randy Moss Jersey. Randy Moss. Wearing a Randy, Randy Moss, Moss Raiders Jersey. jersey. Yes. Yeah, Randy Moss Raiders Jersey. And he's just holding this portrait up and he's got this expression of just like, I'm, I'm this close to getting into my car. I'm this close to getting into my car. I'm almost out of this. And so that's basically the whole purpose. Um, I, you know what? I, I even felt this way a little bit last week. I, the whole idea of like the subreddit of the week is great, but I also, the, I can't help but sometimes feel like, like the old radio dramas of the 1920s. Like Dick Tracy did this and this. Like there's so much of it as visual and you're just thinking like, nah, Phil, I one you're like, I, I feel like I probably spoil it in describing the picture, but you got to check some of these out. Um, I know that me talking into a microphone describing these pictures will never do them justice. But, yeah, watch people die inside is just filled to the brim with some of the funniest shit of just uh, people's expressions. Dude. Of just dead, just being dead inside. And it's, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I just so I'm, I'm laughing because I'm on the subreddit and I've sorted by best all time. And number yeah. two is one of Ted Cruz while he's talking and somebody's got a like a picture of uh, Kevin Malone from the office and Ted Cruz put together and it says same person question mark. And then they turn <laughs> it around and Ted Cruz sees it and he just stops what he's talking about. and just like literally dies. inside. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching. It's exactly oh, what he did. Man, oh, yeah, exactly. Seven. So it's just filled with this stuff. So yeah. yeah. I highly so, recommend you got to check it out. 
I will I will send a link uh, to this subreddit and uh, I'll put a link on the in the uh, part of our uh, description of our show and you get a chance to go check it out if you're a redditor. It's seriously uh, it's really good. Like if even if you you don't have to sort by best all time, there's so many of just like people dying inside. It's just the best. It's the best. So good good pick, Phil. I'm down with the uh, this subreddit of the week. Excellent. Thanks, uh, man. Appreciate it. I'm also down with being done right now. We've done over an hour. I feel good with this. Uh, and you guys won't have to wait so long for the next episode. I'm literally going to see Phil in a couple of weeks. So um, you'll get a chance at least uh, the next couple of weeks to uh, to hear the Complete Box podcast again. Check us on a Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. Although I got a Spotify notification. Nobody's actually listened to our podcast on Spotify. So we are not... Uh, heavy in the Spotify game. Uh, I think that's great. It's like this shade that Spotify is throwing at you. It's like, uh, we have nothing to report. Right. Your podcast is trash. I, uh, I won't lie, so. though. I feel like that's probably because if anybody, if, if say like you knew somebody personally, right, and they were like, oh, man, I'm really in the podcast. You're like, oh, cool. What do you use? And they're like, Spotify. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> man, you should really, you should know that there's a bunch of other things that are you know fucking pandora might be a step up i don't know like yeah, yeah. but no absolutely so, itunes i i hope is still is doing well for us uh i hope Podbean is too i feel like those are some really great yeah. avenues to get your podcast fixed each week so yeah so check us out uh we love doing it um again this is more of uh just something fun for us we're not in it for the the clicks or the likes we just like talking smack and some people like listen to it and so we we're gonna keep doing it as long as uh we can physically do it so uh thanks for listening and uh make sure you check us out uh and until next time phil no gripes about westworld just yet no gripes about it you got it no no westworld gripes uh maybe <laughs> next time on the completing box <laughs> podcast uh have a good day phil you too man talk to you later rich